Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host and your friend, Hal Elrod. And uh, today I'm joined by one of my favorite people. And I was actually thinking, uh, Jer, his name is Jeremy Rising, better known as Brother James. And I was thinking before we started of how I might introduce him. And I thought, you know, I'm going to say this is one of my favorite people. And then I thought, you know, but I have a lot of favorite people. So does that make it less special, right? I was literally questioning that, wrestling with myself. Like I could probably name a hundred people that I would say is one of my favorite people. Does that take away from any one of those people? And, and here's what I came to. Here's the conclusion. And I'm look, I'm actually, I can see my, uh, my buddy Jeremy here on the video and he's smiling. And uh, I figured he'd smile at my conclusion, which is there's a lot of great people in the world. Right, there's a lot of great people in the world. Man. There's a lo- there's a lot of great people in the world, and and I I am very humbled and grateful and blessed to say that I am surrounded by those great like many of those great people. So many beautiful, loving, you know, motivated, uh, purposeful human beings, and uh, and that's why you might hear me say that on the podcast that this is one of my favorite people. Uh, today is one of my favorite folks. Uh, he is known as Brother James to the world. And uh, first, I'll tell you what he does, and then I'll tell you how I know this guy. He is a world-class musician unlike any other. Brother James writes music designed to elevate your consciousness, to enhance your mindset, to improve your life. There aren't too many musicians. I mean, really very few. And I, you might call these conscious musicians, right? It's very small. It's arguably the smallest segment in all of music. And uh, Brother James, being a friend of mine for the last 20 years, was the first conscious musician I ever even understood what that was. But think of it this way. If you listen to this podcast, you're probably a practitioner of the Miracle Morning. And if you're not, what, what do you do? What rock are you sleeping under? Go to Amazon, get the book, right? But one of the practices of the Miracle Morning is affirmations. Affirmations are words, right? Written in a way to Focus your mind in a way that elevates your consciousness, that enhances your life. All the things I mentioned that Brother James does. And the reason that it's one and the same is that's how he writes his music. Every word that he writes isn't just just designed to be clever and cute and rhyme with the other word before it, right? That's not the number one focus like it is for a lot of musicians. It's the meaning behind the word, but not just the meaning behind the word or the string of words, but it's the effect. It's the impact. It's what it will do for the listener. So I know I'm going in depth on this, but his songs are, for example, probably my favorite song is Grateful. Uh, and you can go to iTunes, Spotify. Where's the best place to get your music, Jaren? Like to go get all of it or does it yeah. matter? Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Yeah, anywhere that you listen to music. And also, Brother James and I did a the Miracle Morning song. And we actually right. performed it on stage at our Best Year Ever Blueprint Live event, which is, you've heard me talking about this the last few weeks, and I'll keep talking about it for the next few months until we are there in person in San Diego on December 13th through 15th that weekend. Uh, and Brother James comes every year. And ever since the first year, Brother James, you were there the first year, right? Like, Yeah, man, the first year on the floor. Yeah, on the floor, and you were just making. <laughs> you were just yeah. You were just set up with like yeah. You're done. It was so funny, and uh, how we've gone all the way since then, right? 
we have come a long way since then, buddy. But yeah, if you want to see something funny, which is me rapping on stage, uh, you, you can't miss it. It's a, that, that's worth the price of admission by itself. But oh. James is our resident musician, and he performs songs to elevate the consciousness and the energy of the room, of the attendees, the participants. And then also, I, I can't go move forward without just mentioning that Brother James is a world-class facilitator. He facilitates events all around the world, specifically, though, for families. That's his main focus. He is the, am I right to say CEO of Fambundance? Uh, no. Well, CEO just means chief energy energy officer. So let's make sure they actually understand what CEO so, means. In this chief case. energy officer. So he leads an organization called Fambundance, which, uh, what's the mission statement of Fambundance, Chair? Uh, to elevate the consciousness of the world by elevating the strength and consciousness of families all across the world. There you go. And I've been to the Fambundance events. My kids have been to Fambundance events. Yes, you have. Yeah. And, and, and what, what they do with, with kids ages, I think, you know, eight to 18 or even younger, but for our event, it's gonna be eight to 18. But what they do for yeah. kids is create, basically, it's kind of like the event that we do for adults, best you ever blueprint event in December, but they do it for kids. So it's like personal transformation for kids, elevating the kids' consciousness, teaching the kids how to manage their emotions and connect with each other and what really matters in their world and aligning their behavior with their values. I mean, a lot of things that most kids don't ever even consider. And so this year we asked, hey, we, we just we started exploring this once. We were hanging out as friends, me, brother James, and, uh, and John Berghoff. And we, you know, we started talking, dude, what if we brought fam abundance to best year ever? Cause we've had every year attendees of best year ever go, Hey, we'd love to bring our kids to this. So what we're doing this year is brother James and his team is going to be leading a parallel event while we're in the main room for the best year ever blueprint. Brother James will be with, and it, it is limited. It's limited to only 30 kids, but basically you can now go to best year ever and you don't have to find a sitter for your kids at home. You bring them to the event with you. They split off in the morning. They come back and have lunch with you. They split off in the afternoon. They have dinner with you. There might be an evening session, right? Where when you're having your life-transforming event at Best Year Ever, your experience, they're having their own led by Brother James, who you're about to get to know once I shut up and stop talking and bring him on the show. So uh, I'm sure I missed some stuff there, but uh, I think everybody will get great. it from this conversation. Jer, Brother James, I love you, man. Welcome to the uh, Cheaper Girls Podcast. Buddy, you were the first male to ever tell me that you loved me that wasn't my dad. So going back to the beginning of this call, when you said that you love a lot of people and a lot of people are your favorite, you know, one of your favorites. And I think that you just love people so much. And I remember in 2005, you were on this kind of like kick of, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I just want you to know I love you. And I want, you know, I don't want to die and not tell you that you're one of my favorite people or that I, I don't want to die. And, you know, that you don't know how I feel about you. And I just, I'll never forget that, man. So uh, I still love it when you say I'm, I'm one of your faves, even if you have 150 more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's really great to be here. And thanks for setting all that up. It's, it's going to be an amazing event in December. Uh, the Best Year Ever Blueprint, the 13th or the 15th, is going to be a great time for anyone who attends. And I think it's going to be extra special for the attendees who bring their their kids along. I think they're going to have a magical experience like they've not, not ever had before. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree because I've seen what you do and what your team does with kids. And, and by the way, if you're listening and you don't know, uh, you know where to get more info on the event and get your tickets, it is bestyeareverlive.com. Uh, and if you go to bestyeareverlive.com, you can you know you can watch the promo video, you can you know see the preview. I mean, it, it's it's a, it's really an incredible event, and and we do sell out every year. This year's tracking to be no different. So if you're interested check that out. Jer, I just, I love that you, it's so funny because I, you know, we've been friends for 20 years and I've known you as Jeremy, but you've been brother James so long now that it's like, I don't know, I call you both, but uh, I'm going to go with Jer or no, you know, I'm going to go with whatever I feel like in the moment. You, it was actually, I just want to say something. I thank you for acknowledging that I was the first male other than your dad to tell you I loved you because that was a really meaningful moment for me. And it was only probably a couple of years ago that some, you weren't the one that told me that. And maybe you did a long time ago and I forgot. I don't know, I don't know if you're, but I, I don't think it was you. It was someone else said, yeah, brother James told me that you were the first male other than his dad that told him that you loved him. And because of that, like that sparked it. He now tells all of his friends in his life that he loves them. Yeah. And like, you know, that was so meaningful to me to realize that like, wow, like I didn't, A, I didn't know that. And, you know, just between you and I, but you know, just you're such a beacon of light and of love and, you know, for other people. And so to know that I like played a little small part in that is it was really reaffirming that, man, we all need to be telling everybody that we love it. You know, and, and I, I actually said it recently, I did a podcast on self-love and I ended the podcast by saying, now maybe you understand why when I end the show, I tell you, I love you, you know, goal achievers, because I really mean that. Like, it's not just a, it's something, not just something to say, like I mean it in my heart and my soul. Yeah. And, you know, I really, um, I closed my last keynote, just totally off the cuff. And I said, you guys, we all have a lot of differences you know, different religions, different political beliefs. And most of us, that creates divisiveness between us. And you think, oh, they're different than me, or they don't believe like I believe. I go, guys, the biggest similarity we have is bigger than all our differences combined. Absolutely. We're part of the human family, right? We're part of the human family. Who cares what your last name is? Who cares, yeah. right? Like, we're all human beings. We're sharing this life. We're sharing this planet together. And, you know, I know that, uh, that you're aligned with that. And so I, I want to ask you a question that I've sure. been considering asking my guests now for the last few months as I've been reimagining this podcast, the future of the podcast, the future of my life, my mission, all of these things. There's a question that I've been wanting to ask, and you're the first person ever on this show that I get to ask. So I'm really, uh, and I, it couldn't be a better fit, man. And here's the question. Yeah. What matters most to you? What matters most to you? To me. Well, the first answer that comes to mind is it's always changing. Mm -hmm. It's always, it's always changing. And when I think about, you know, what are the, if I were, well, if it's always changing, what, what's always changing? It's, there's kind of different categories. Sometimes what's most important is myself which is natural for human beings. Sometimes what's most important is my mom or my dad or my brother. Sometimes what's most important is a partnership that I have with, with a girlfriend or with a business partner. Sometimes what's most important is my health. Sometimes what's most important is, you know, do I have enough money or how will I create enough money to go after these huge dreams? Again, going back to the self. So I think it bounces back and forth between being something outward that matters most and something kind of inward that matters most. And it's, it's always, um, it goes in kind of like, like the seasons. Yeah. So the sarcastic party wants to go, man, what a politician answer that was. Yeah. Yeah. It's authentic. And I think I can go a little bit deeper is there's this amazing 
breakdown in the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, where they talk about the different categories of life. And if you're on this podcast, you probably know that there's this thing called the wheel of life. Yeah. And in the wheel of life, there's these different categories of relationships, your finances, your spirituality, your contribution, your health, your passion. And in the one thing, they talk about how these categories are not all equal. Several of the categories are like rubber balls that you can kind of bounce and let kind of bounce up and down and let them go and grab them, let them go. But certain categories like your health and your relationships are like glass balls. And if you let them go too long, mm. that they actually, I'm sorry, if you let them go, they could break and mm. shatter. Yeah. And so those are two categories that ultimately your health and your relationships that I would say matter the most to me is, you know, taking care of myself, my health and well-being and, you know, caring for others is really what matters most. Yeah. Yeah. And I was joking. You know, I was being like, I know you, I know you were, but yeah. I, that's just, you know, no. it's, it's, it's a great question. Yeah. Well, no, and I love that. And I, and, and, and it, what's interesting is what you just kind of concluded, if you will, right, which is health and relationships. Whenever I do that exercise of what matters most, and I keep asking the question and ask, okay, but what matters re- of all the things that matter most, what matters most of these? And I keep distilling it down. It always comes down to health is number one, because without it, none of the other stuff that matters gets to be, gets to be enjoyed or executed or lived, right? And number two to me is, is relationships. And I usually, I just write the word family typically. Um, but, but I, I, yeah, I think that when we boil it down like that, that's where I always come to is it's health number one and it's family right there behind it. And it's really only health so that I can enjoy my, you know, myself, my life, my family and, and all of those things. Um, I appreciate that. And, and I know that for you, yeah, there are a lot of things that matter. You're a very conscious individual. And, uh, and you know, we were having, a, it's interesting, we were having to talk about climate change before the episode recorded. And that's what I'm like, dude, let, we need to record this, right? Yeah, totally. And it was, it was very much a, we don't have it all figured out, but, yeah. but we're here's, working on, go ahead. Yeah, yeah so here's what's interesting about climate change and, and any other hot topic. Yeah. Any other hot topic, whether it's a world topic or a relational topic, or a business topic, is that we tend to want to form like pretty concrete opinions. Mm-hmm. And those opinions then cause us to be defensive, because yeah. we want to hold on to our opinions. And when we're defensive, we kind of fall out of curiosity. Mm. And this is a trap that I've fallen into pretty much my whole life. Yeah, sure. And I'm just now starting to emerge as a more curious type of human being, where I'm forcing myself to not have as strong of opinions and to be more curious because I've seen that the opinions that I've held on to so strongly, whether it's around politics or a certain way of eating or climate change or how to raise a child or how to run a business, that the more I hold on to the opinion and I'm like, no, I'm on this side, I need to defend it, the the less educated I become on what really is going on. And I think this is what we were talking about earlier is the more curious we can become and the, the more we can kind of put our opinions away, the more information that we can take in and realize that maybe in some cases there is no real answer and it's just about staying curious and staying patient and going back to what you said, seeing that we have more things in common as human beings than different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of like when I asked you what matters most to you, you said it's always changing. 
And so when it comes to, as you said, maybe there isn't a black and white answer for a lot of the things, and, and maybe it is somewhere in the middle, like it, yeah, the politics, for example, right? Like, yeah, maybe the left doesn't have it completely right, nor does the right have it completely right. Maybe it's the two, be the best of both, right? You know, that, that actually... Yeah. And, and what, what brought up our conversation, and I'll just share this if you're listening, just something for you to consider is, you know, I, uh, you and I both, you know, are really passionate about what's best for humanity and the world and really trying to solve those problems. And you're doing it at a level of family going, well, hey, if I can strengthen the family unit, that can change the world in a positive way that can save humanity, right? If, the, if every family is right, well, right, we all kind of started from a family and then the, the kids grow and they branch off. But if it was, if they had it right from the beginning, those kids are going to grow up to be really healthy, productive, uh, conscious adults that are going to then have their own kids that become more and more conscious, right? So as society, some would argue, has become less conscious over, you know, over time, uh, you're really working. And I so admire you for that. Like you, your work is aligned with your values from your music to the work in Fambundance, right? Like, you know, I think I really admire that and align with you. But what, what I had brought up was, as I said, you know what, with climate change, I'm I, you know, I was, I was pretty convinced that climate change is a huge issue for humanity and that, you know, we're causing it. And then I went, you know what? I just had this pivot. I go, I'm going to research the opposite. Most of us try to find, I think, evidence to support our, our belief, whatever. Right. And I go, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to go deep down the rabbit hole of trying to disprove my belief. I'm going to go, I'm going to Google, instead of Googling everything that supports my belief, I'm going to Google everything that says, no, climate change isn't real. It's a scam. It's made up. It's not caused by humans. Like, we're on and on and on and on and on. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm very much in the early stages of starting to go down these that rabbit hole. And what you find is when you don't hang on to your belief as the one true belief, right? You know, and I see this in religion a lot. People go, you know, it's such a hot topic. And it's like, no, my religion's right. And the other 4,000 religions are wrong. <laughs> we got it right, my small group, right? And the rest of the world doesn't know what we know. And if you think about it from yeah. even a common sense standpoint, you, you, you should, that should make you scratch your head and go, yeah, wait, why would only one religion get it right when there's 4,000 religions, you know? Anyway, so I don't, hope that doesn't offend anybody, but, uh, you know, that, that, that's a thought. But it's the idea of what if, right, what if everything we believe, what if it were wrong? What if it, were, what, what if it wasn't quite accurate? And, you know, and so I, I love your, I think that in two words, you can sum up the solution to that, which is stay curious. Stay curious. And there's this, there's this great book by a guy you and I both know, Matthew Kelly. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book called Seven Levels of Intimacy, along with kind of his signature book is The Rhythm of Life. Yeah. And in the seven levels of intimacy, he goes through these different levels of intimacy. And I think it's level five. Don't quote me on that. It could be four or six. But he, he talks about one of the barriers to deep intimacy is opinions. Hmm. And that the kind of practical way to think about our opinions is that if we look at the opinions we had five years ago and we looked at what we were really defending five years ago, and then we looked at our stance on it now, that in many cases, it's actually different. And like, like maybe we've changed our mind on what diet is the best diet for us to have. But five years ago, we were like, no, the Atkins diet is the, it is Uh, the thing. Yeah. You know, like we're consistently changing and, he talks about how ultimately the opinions that we hold on to so strongly that we that we defend, they actually hurt us in the way that we're able to create deeper, more connected relationships with other human beings because it's a way of disconnecting from being able to see the strengths and 
what's right about the person because we're just looking at all the things that are negative about them because we have this opinion and now we're vilifying the person and trying to make ourselves right. right. Maybe not in that malicious of a way, but that as human beings, one of the greatest gifts we have is connecting with each other, looking each other in the eye, saying, I love you, feeling supported, feeling connected as a family or as a community or as friends. And yet opinions are the very thing that get in the way of us actually accessing that, com- that connection at a more frequent level. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you value more connection or being right? You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. that's true in our, both in our intimate relationships, like with a significant other spouse, yeah. right? What do you value more being right or, or, or being in love, being harmonious, being connected? And, you know, and that's true both at that, at that micro scale of our family unit and at the macro scale of, you know, other political parties or religions or, or whatever. And, you know, one of my early mentors, you know, Jesse Levine, he taught me always learn something from everything and from everyone, Yes, you know, and it's like, yeah, when we go, when we hold on to our opinions so tight that no, my way is the right way. My religion's the right one. My political party is the right one. Right. Well, how about there's value in everything, right? I mean, what, what, you know, and like religion is an example where when I was in my twenties, I decided I grew up Catholic and I decided, well, what else is out there? Right. Not nothing wrong with my religion, but I'm just curious. And I go, Oh, there's value in Buddhism. There's value. Like, you know, there, it's not like, Everyone has, you know, if they don't believe what I believe, then there's no value. It's like, well, no, why not learn that whole learning something from everything has been valuable. And, and I want to I circle back and, and go to, we'll circle back while we also go forward, which is I mentioned that I'm so, I really admire about you and I value about you how much you live in alignment with your values at like the umpteenth degree, right? Like you, you know, we were talking before the podcast and, and this is, you're, you're going to go, I don't think I want to fly anymore right? Because of how much pollution that puts into the planet, right? And you're a musician that travels the world and <laughs> does music. So you're, you're, yeah. you're reconciling, how does that, what does that look like? How, and, I, and I've had yeah. the same exact you know, thought. Um, so I want to ask you, what have you had to do to design a life and a business to align with your value of respecting and connecting with the planet. So just specifically there, and this isn't a, for anybody listening, we're not, you know, this isn't the topic of the show, but since that was the topic that we're on, I'm kind of combining those two topics. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful question. And it's kind of the, the, the same answer as the, what matters most, which is what matters most is ultimately, I want to be a good human being. Uh, and what does that mean? Good or bad? I don't even know anymore. I thought it used to be kind of like, this is what good be good human beings do. This is what bad human beings do. So in a way, how do I align my business with my values and my personal life with my values is I just try and do the best I can to take the information that's coming towards me and to get enough of it to be able to say, oh, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this plant-based diet because all this information coming towards me is that there's so much harm that's caused by you know, using animals in some way. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to get more information and weigh out how do I want to live because mm. if I'm exchanging dollars every single day for food, then it's probably a good idea for me to know what are the values that go behind the creation of this food because ultimately what I'm doing is I'm handing over dollars for something that is not aligned with my values. And what's kind of unique about the place that we are now in the world is that's a never-ending, always-changing, kind of endless goal to align every purchase with something that fits your values because if we did that, we would literally kind of live in the woods and not buy anything. Sure. And so, and I'm another question to do that, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's well, it's it's something that I'm really intrigued with is just yeah. becoming 
you know, more connected to the land that I live on yeah. and that I love and that I appreciate as I look out this window at these two trees. So I think it's one, it's asking a lot of questions and, and understanding that we as humans consume a lot of stuff throughout any given day or week or year in our lives. And to see like, what are we spending that money on? Like, what are we spending the money on? And if I'm spending the money on something that doesn't align with my values, what am I getting in return that might ultimately make this negative investment a, a net positive? So like, if I'm going to get on a plane, I have like a mind map or notes on the type of positivity or value that is going to that event or to that relationship that is justifying me getting on the plane. I'm trying to make it so every resource that I use has some sort of way of bringing people together or allowing me to get become a, a more courageous and vulnerable and authentic human being. And I'm trying to just align the way that I spend money and with the things that seem to be what the world is calling for, which is more local foods, less unneeded travel. These are some of the things that like that I'm starting to notice about myself. Like, wow, there's I can really align a life, design a life that aligns with my values. And those are just a handful of the things, the, the travel and then the food. And yeah. food is you can go super deep on because we spend Here's so much money I, on it. You know, here, here's what I hear from you. And I really liked how you tied it back into the, the first question, what matters most to you and how it's always changing. What I heard from you that I think people can take away from this is that you have your, you're clear on your values based on your current frame of reference, your current paradigm, your current knowledge, right? Which is based on everything that I know, here's what I value. I value treating the planet with respect and not, you know, not just creating excessive trash and excessive smog and all of that, right? Um, yeah. or that's right. And so what I get is that it's living in alignment with your values as they are now. And as you learn and grow and evolve, your values learn or your values grow and evolve as well. Absolutely. And therefore your actions grow. But the idea is living in alignment with your values. And if you value health, and the way you can take this down to a personal level, forget the planet, ladies and gentlemen, right? Uh, if you're, if one of your goals that you want to achieve is not to save the planet or whatever, just think about your own life. Do you value having energy for your family and your work? Then you should be eating foods that give you energy, not those that deplete your energy right? Yep. Raw living foods, plant-based foods. And I'm not, you know, I eat small amounts of meat uh, every yep. week sometimes. But the idea is if you want food that gives you energy, and I've done podcasts on this before, right? Eating for energy. But if you value energy or if you value health, then you should be eating in alignment with that value. If you value relationships, you should be spending time with people that you love, that relationship yeah. that you value, right? So that's a very kind of personal, forget about the global impact yeah. you're, you're actually you're making. Your, right? Yeah. But on the personal level, are you living in alignment? And that was, you know, when I was probably 15 years ago, I had that concept in my head. I go, wait, I, I want to make sure that I adopt what I, what I called back then value-based living, I think, something like that. It was really simple, just that, that I live in alignment with my values that every choice I make, every action I take is in alignment with my values. And very often we're not in alignment with our values. We're in alignment with our urges. Yeah, for sure. Right. Ooh, for sure. I want to have sex with this person. Ooh, I want to eat this food. Ooh, I, right. Ooh, that feels good. Ooh, in the moment it's pleasure, right? It's our urges, yes. our values. And so I would encourage you to consider, right? Write that down is it's a great question with every choice that you're about to make whether it's putting your food in your body or what you're going to listen to or watch on TV, right? 
is this choice in alignment with my values? Right. And here's what's going to happen. You'll notice, you'll notice that not every choice aligns with it. And so then becomes another game of choice, which is how are you going to treat yourself when you notice that you're doing things that aren't in alignment with your values? Because if you're anything like, like me, who's a, you know, an entrepreneur who's kind of a perfectionist at times, who's type A, who's driven, I get hard on myself because I'm not perfect, but perfection is the lowest standard possible. So if we can look at like, oh, wow, I didn't align with my values there. What can I learn about that? Like, I don't know if I'm going to use that information or not, but what are the things that I notice about myself and why I was triggered to that desire? Like, and starting to take track of, wow, I was pulled to it because I started to feel uncomfortable in my current state and I wanted something different. I wanted a state change. Or, wow, I was feeling like I really could feel myself getting angry and I actually said something that I regret. And one of my values is to be patient and to be loving and to be compassionate and comforting. Yeah. And so now I just said something angry, like, am I really that person or not? And just the point being that perfection is the lowest standard possible. No, Hal, nor myself, nor anyone is perfect at living in true, perfect alignment with every choice they make in their values. And one of the big pieces of the human experience is just not walking through life like uh, like a zombie, but being mindful and be, be building the muscle of awareness that you're even doing it. Because a lot of times we just do it without even knowing we're doing it. So building that awareness around these are my values, which first you have to find what are your set of values? You know, what do they actually mean to you? It's one of the things I love about Tony Robbins' uh, Date with Destiny is the values and rules portion of it. That for every value we have, whether it's a towards value, something we want to attract, or a value we want to push away like fear, anxiety, judgment, depression. Yeah. Like we have towards values, away values. But for each one of these values, there's actually a set of little rules that we have that we've made up in our own minds of how we actually give ourselves the check mark for actually getting the value. And usually we make the rule much harder than what it is. And health is a great example. If we want to like live in the value of health, there might be a rule that in order for you to achieve health, to feel like you actually are healthy is that you've got to get your protein shake bottle ready, get your gym bag ready, you know, get out the door, make sure you get to the gym for one hour, make sure you get the cool down stretch, have the protein shake after and come home. And if you do anything less than that, then you don't actually give yourself credit for working out. Even if you did a half an hour run, like, oh, I just did the half an hour today. I really did meet, you know. So the point being that, like, when we look at our values, what are your values? And what are the rules? Like, how do we give ourselves credit for these values? How do we know we're meeting the values? Like, actually describing how to meet the value is was incredibly empowering for me because I was making the values harder than they needed to be for me to give myself credit for they were almost impossible. I had to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. And if I did just a teeny little thing where I was a little bit angry, then I was a bad person. If I felt judgment inside of me, but once I became aware that they existed and didn't allow them to control me and made a rule around judgment, the only way I would actually be judgmental is if I called someone by a swear word, raised my voice, and was a total jerk and made a scene. Well, I don't ever do that. So I'm not but if if judgmental is the way that I normally would do it is if I think a bad thought about someone, I'm a judgmental a-hole. Yeah, yeah, sure. So like we have these values and we also have these kind of hidden rules and I'm just giving you like the two minute yeah, version right, of yeah. what 
was a full day at date with destiny. Yeah. Um, but that seemed to be really helpful in being able to live in more alignment with my values, which was getting clear on the values and understanding more of the rules that I was kind of writing for myself on what it would take for me to meet those values. Got it. It makes it not only makes a lot of sense, but I think it's applicable for everybody listening. You know, and to your point, you don't need to beat yourself up. And to your point, perfection being the lowest standard, uh, I, I you know I, a big help for me is perfect is progress over perfection, right? And, and if you do feel guilty over uh, not living in alignment with your values, you've got two options amongst probably more than two, but you've got at least two. One is beat yourself up for that and feel terrible about it and tell your you know right like let it really totally. affect you emotionally or to learn from it and go, you know what? The fact that I felt guilty about that actually is a really is a sign that I'm going to make the change. And I, I'm grateful that I had that short-lived emotional pain of guilt, right? Or tension, because that was a signal that I don't want to make that choice again in the future. And then I will never have to feel Absolutely. that guilt again. And now, was it worth the short-term emotional pain for a behavior change that lasts the rest of your life? Or at least you're moving toward being closer and closer and closer to impeccable with, you know, with that. Look, I know you... Know, we're running out of time, but how, how can we finish this? We got to do a quick thing for BYEB. Yeah, and then, right. You have two roles at BYEB, so we're gonna have to. Yes. Yeah, in three minutes, wrap both these up, right? Yeah, yeah. Number one, you are playing the music that I spoke of when I opened this episode in the main room. Yep, main and it goes like this. Uplift. It's just like in the morning, after breaks, after lunch, you're gonna get infused at the best year ever blueprint event. You're gonna get infused with positive energy through live music, a live band on the stage, bringing uplifting songs, lyrics on the screen, people singing, whether you want to get up and sing or dance, you can do that. You can also stand in the back and just observe and feel the energy because wherever you are and wherever you're at, it's not about rah-rah coming into the event. It's about that the music is infusing the environment with Mm. a positive type of energy that will exist as we move into kind of the programming part of the day of connecting with each other, hearing the wisdom that each of us has to bring to this room, hearing from world-class influencers from stage like Hal, John Berghoff, and the other amazing individuals they have lined up. So one is playing music, Brother James, music for the three days, Entrepreneur Day, and also the two days of the event. And then while after playing music, if you bring your kid to the event, whether your kid is eight years old or 18 years old, We'll take those eight to 18 year olds and split them up into three different groups, age specific. So it might be eight to 11, 12 to 14, and 15 to 18. Those three groups get split up, and we have three facilitators that are the main facilitators and then co facilitators. So we'll have four to six facilitators for those 30 kids, helping those kids to not only connect to their own strengths, connect to stories when they've been at their best to connect to stories when they've overcome obstacles or challenges so that they can feel like they're enough and they have something to bring to the table and something to be proud of. But also we'll, have, we'll be mirroring the event that's happening in the main room. We'll be taking some of the sequences that John and Hal have designed and then taking them and making them a little bit simpler, simplifying them so that we can hand the younger 8 to 18-year-olds something similar so that they're getting really similar information, intri- uh, similar learnings, and insights so that at a lunchtime or after the event's over, the kids and the parents are having a shared experience. And some of the areas that will always squeeze into this programming is health. The kids will be talking about health. They'll be talking about the power of relationships. And they'll also be talking about financial ABCs. Uh, so those are the two things. We have one minute left, buddy. We actually did it. 
Yeah, we did it. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay on for a few minutes after, oh, after I say goodbye to you. Uh, I love you, Jer, uh, very much, man. Oh, and, dude. Uh, oh, uh, yep. Wake up to the full potential. Your miracle, miracle morning, morning is so essential. Win in the morning. You're going to win the day. We're, we're, done, uh, we're delayed. Play. You what? You do that later. You do it. Okay, when you I'll do, do the rap. Okay. Um, we're just doing the miracle morning rap. So, all right, Jer, I love you, man. Go crush your next podcast. Uh, I know you're leading Thanks, one man. now, and I'll talk to you soon, brother. Yeah. Hey, love right. you, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. Uh, all right, goal achievers. That was Brother James, uh, aka Jeremy Reisig, and I. We should have had more time scheduled to talk. I think because I, I could talk to him for a long time, and as you can see, uh, he is a uh, a very it's very valuable to have conversations with Jer. In that he with Brother James, he's he's a very thoughtful individual. He is a very caring individual, and he's a very intentional individual. And uh, the I just said individual three times fast, but he's one of my best friends, and uh, he's a huge part of the best year ever blueprint live experience from year one. Year one, he was just kind of starting out as a musician, and he, I think he asked me, "Hey, can I play music at the event?" I'm like, "Sure," you know. Right? I didn't know what I was doing. I just it was my first event, 2014. But uh, but what we're gonna do at this year's event is gonna be pretty incredible. Oh, by the way, a couple things I want to say on that logistically, and then I I, I want to share something of value with you. Uh, not that this isn't a value, but th this experience that brother James spoke of, you know, if you want to bring your kids, it's very limited. It, we only have 30 spots for 30 kids uh, for this first year. And this first year, it's, it's our first time combining the events uh, and based on meeting space and all of that. So it's limited to 30 people. And if you, whether, if you want to bring your kids or you don't, when you go to bestyearoverlive.com, if you grab a ticket to the event, then there will be an option uh, if you want to bring your child to add a child on at the at the end. So you know, there's a cost for that, of course, because we are paying the brother James and his team to facilitate that whole thing. So check that out at bestyearoverlive.com. Uh, I just want to kind of recap this episode, and you know, I started it out by asking. Well, I started out with a lengthy introduction of brother James, uh, as I tend to do, but I really started out the conversation with brother James by asking, "What matters most?" And not just what matters most, but specifically, it was what matters most to you, right? Asking him that question. And that's the question I, I might change things, but I'm, I want to start asking every guest that and really getting clear on what matters most to them. Uh, what matters most in the world to them individually, right? Every answer, I think, for each person, you know, they, they can take it in a different context. And so I want to leave you with that question. What matters most to you? What matters most to you? Is it your health? Is it your family? And by the way, it doesn't just because you have to, you know, it's hard to pick one, right? Because there is more than one. And when I say what matters most, don't pick one, pick three, right? What, what, what are the things that you want to make sure are in harmony in your life? Maybe it's, okay, I want my health to be in harmony with having thriving relationships, with, you know, following my dreams, with, creating financial security for my family, right? Like, so, so, so I'm not, when I say what matters most, I, I'm not saying that you have to just pick one, but what I am inviting you to consider is that the entire conversation today with, with Jeremy, with brother James was really centered around living in alignment with your values. And that starts with getting clear on what are your values, and another way of saying what are your or answering the question of what are your values is answering the question, well, what, what matters most to me? I value health. I value relationships. And maybe, maybe for you, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you what to value. I know I keep saying the same ones kind of over and over, but maybe for you, you value adventure. Like maybe that's one of your main values is that you literally want to just live a life of adventure and you want to travel and see new things and meet new people. And right, that's, that's beautiful. So the idea is getting clear and do this on paper. Pull out a piece of paper right now. 
All right. Or pull out your phone and open the notes tab, whatever you got to do. But write down that question. What matters most to me? What really matters most to me? And then write those things down and then move them around if you need to. Right. Like I did this actually the other day with some friends. We did, we whiteboarded this and uh, they asked me that question. And it was, you know, first, the first thing I said was my, my family, right? My wife and my kids. That was number one, the first answer I gave. And then health was, I think, the second I gave. And then when we talked about it, right, we kind of, so we started out with just listing it out and brainstorming. So there's no pressure to get the answers right off the bat. Just write down the things that matter to you. And then once you have a list of things that matter to you, then it's easier to narrow down, well, what really matters most of the things that matter? If I had to prioritize, what would they be? And for me, health moved from number two to number one. Because I thought, if I don't value my health, number one, you know, if I'm, if I'm stressed out trying to put my family first, and if it's causing me excess stress, or I'm, I, you know, I don't have time to, to nurture my body or whatever, right? Well, then if my health is sacrificed, and as I learned, you know, being on this cancer journey, I don't get to be here for my family, right? So health has to be number one, in my opinion, you know, I think for really for all of us. And of course, once you get your health in order, you can kind of move it over to the side. It doesn't take so much conscious thought. It just becomes like, well, yeah, you know, I, I identified that my health mattered most. So then I aligned my choices and my actions with that value. So now I eat really healthy food. I exercise every day. Like once those things are on autopilot, you don't have to put a lot of conscious thought or energy into that value. You just got to make sure it's still running, right? But you kind of move it to the side and go, okay, I've got that health piece down. Now, how about relationships? How about my family and or friends? What do I need to change in my behavior, in my schedule to align that value with the way that I live my life? And you know, I, I think you might've heard me say this before that cancer was the wake-up call for me where if you would have asked me before I had cancer, what do you value most? I would have said family no question. And I would have believed it when I said it in my heart and in my soul. But if you would have said, Hey, show me your schedule. You would have found that, well, for someone that values family more than anything, I don't see them in here a lot. In fact, I see in here where you had them in here and then you moved them out because you had another project and this thing was due. And you, you seem to put family on the back burner. You know, your schedule tells a different story than your lips are saying. And I went, wow, Cancer made me realize I was a workaholic and I wasn't living in alignment with that value. And right now it is still a juggle. It's a struggle, but for sure, I'm living more in alignment with that value than I ever have before, but it's not perfect. And I'm working on getting as close to perfect as I can. And I, you know, I, I find that I'll start to backslide and then I'll go, wait a minute, I've been working this week nonstop and I haven't seen my kids that much. What am I doing? And I'll have to you know, get myself in check and, and, and make some changes and I'll talk more about that. Uh, some of the, you know, I've had some major, major breakthroughs recently through some really challenging mental, emotional, and physical breakdowns, right? I've had some breakdowns recently that have led to some breakthroughs. And I'm sure I'll talk about that at a future podcast episode once I'm more on the other side of that and uh, I've got more clarity uh, and more resolution to share with you. So, but in the meantime, I want to leave you with that exercise. Uh, pull out a piece of paper, pull out your phone. Unless putting away your phone is on your values, like, then don't, don't use your phone. Use, uh, use a journal or a piece of paper. But uh, write down that question, what matters most to me? And to really remind you of this episode, write down, what are my values? Right? What, what matters most to me, aka, what are my values? And then once you get clear on your values, then the second question is, and I didn't give you this one yet, but it's, what do I need to change to live in alignment with these values, with my values. What changes do I need to make, do you need to make to start living not perfectly in alignment with your values, but more in alignment with your values? So uh, goal achievers, as you know, 
but I'll tell you anyway, I love you. I sincerely appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And uh, I would love to see you in San Diego if you're able to make it to the Best Year Ever Live or Best Year Ever Blueprint experience. Uh, it really is a special once-in-a-lifetime experience. Even if you go every year, every year is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And uh, I'll be there, as will Brother James, Chip Franks, John Berghoff, my whole team, and about 400 to 500 members of the Miracle Morning community and the Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. Hope you're one of them. I love you. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 